Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. What's up everyone, you're listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast, your number one source for all things Chelsea. In this episode, I'm joined by Tom from the Kit Mag podcast to talk all about the history of the Chelsea FC kit, iconic shirts from iconic moments, and how fashion trends have influenced kit design. Welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod, and today listeners, I'm joined by a man who is a writer and a podcaster for Kit Magazine and an assistant producer for Sky Sports News. I mean, he he excels all three roles, just like Andrea Perlo would. Uh, Tom, welcome to the show. Hello, thank you very much for having me. And I can finally put to bed for Chelsea fans that there are some people at Sky that love Chelsea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're not going to go controversial. We've not never, ever on, uh, on our social ever thought... We've had some interesting weeks recently where every it seems that doom and gloom was enjoyed. Everyone loves a bit of doom and gloom when it involves uh, Chelsea, it seems. Unfairly. We, you know, been successful for so long. People love oh, their shots, don't they? Yeah, everyone, everyone wants us to fail. But thankfully it's over. Oh, what a, what a protracted, long takeover saga that was. But it's over, thankfully. Um Kicking off this episode, just like you guys do at Kit Mag, which I will plug at the end, and I'm sure you will, uh, I'm going to share what shirt I'm wearing. Yes, 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 listeners, that's what they do on their pod. They tell you what shirt they're wearing. Uh, today, I, I am wearing the 2011-2012 Champions League kit. You know, it's well, it's the standard jersey, isn't it, for that season? It wasn't just for the Champions League. And I've got David Luiz on the back. I went, I like to go different. But I, I, just, I just love this kit, and it's so iconic because obviously our first Champions League win. It's got the white Adidas shoulder, sort of shoulder pad style. Oh, it's it's absolutely it's beautiful, and I think it's still the one with where they had the. Um, it's not quite felt for the number and the name, but it was before they went all that vinyl stuff. If you yeah, yeah. It's a classic shirt, that one. I think if you're talking about Chelsea shirts in the Roman era in particular, oh, yeah. I think that is the one, isn't it? Mm, I do love that you've got David Luiz on the back to, to remember his, his, his amazing performance on one leg in that final. And the penalty. Of, uh, oh, one of the best. <laughs> I remember the runner thinking, oh, I remember watching it and just thinking, no, 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 you're going to miss, you're going to, oh, wow. Mm. They always had faith in you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What was the favourite penalty that on that day though? For me, it had to be Ashley. Ashley Cole. He buried. Oh, yeah, that, wow. So, uh, it it still shocks me how Wan Mata was the one that missed. Yeah, of course. He I was. He that. was. He was the. He was the player of the season, and he he scores. He always came up clutch in these moments, and it was as soon as he missed, I just thought, head in hands, it's over. Oh, pain again. <laughs> but it didn't. It didn't turn out. But ah, I've spoke too much about my shirt. What what's the shirt you've got? So, yeah, so like you said, on our podcast over at Kit Magazine, we love to geek out about all things football shirts. And we always start the pod with just a quick rundown of what we're all wearing, like like you've just done. And today I have gone for the 0506 Chelsea shirt, which, of course, was the centenary shirt. And I love this shirt for a, a number of reasons. I mean, it's one of 
it's Umbro's last hurrah at Chelsea to have the mm. centenary year to, you know, great collab between Umbro and Chelsea. And I also love this shirt because there's that one brilliant picture when we won the league of Hernan Crespo in this kit. Yes. And he's doubled over in the dressing room, gazing at his winning medal. And I just love it. It's my, it's my favourite sports photo. And I've got Crespo on the back of this shirt. Oh, lovely. Great player. Yeah, everything about it, just cool, I think. I mean, what I love about that kit is the the Chelsea badge in the mm. actual the back of the kit. Yeah, oh, it's, it's it's um Umbro did Chelsea really good stuff at the turn of the the millennium, and yeah, I I still miss them. I think they they were brilliant. Yeah, I, I can't I can't argue there. I mean, it's certainly uh, it's that one. I do miss Umbro, and we, I'm sure we'll get onto that. You know, I really do miss Umbro. I mean, I was tempted. We had, we obviously chatted before coming on. Um, I, I love Sounders and Seattle. And I was like, I still love my Jimi Hendrix kit. But I thought, I can't do that today. I can't wear, <laughs> I can't wear that. But I do love that Jimi Hendrix kit. It's just, oh, it's music, you know, and football. My two passions are, oh, it's just, it's just beautiful. It really is. Um, look, football kits are just one of the elements of football. I think everyone and anyone can take joy in. I mean, you don't even have to like watching football to appreciate a good looking kit, you know, especially recently where we've seen kits from like the 80s and 90s become on trend fashion staples to sort of wear. Now, now you bought a Solomon Kalou game worn jersey for £400 from the year Chelsea won their first Champions League title. Yes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Kalou wore it during a game. But if you were to risk it, and wear it out somewhere, what event would you be proudly going to? Oh, you, you know, uh, I just want to really quickly put in to this chat before I get pelters. I don't normally spend that much money on football shirts. It was a, a one-off, uh, I thought, you know, a chance to get a match-worn shirt from that year when we won the Champions League. And I was also at the game, so Kalu wore it against Genk in the group oh, stages wow. that year. And he scored in that shirt as well. So it's a very special one-off shirt in my collection the rest of them are just you know shop bought from the mega store that kind of thing but that is a a one-off um but if i was to wear it i would be terrified to wear it because it costs so much money <laughs> <laughs> and also i mean Kalu was he was quite tall wasn't he slim but tall and these player shirts they're, they're pretty unforgiving and i mean i would definitely stand out if i tried to to peel that off me after a game but I think I would um if I had to wear it I'd probably save it for something special you know a, a, a Champions League final night uh I, I to be honest I think that is the only occasion I, I would wear it I think I think Solomon Kalu as well he's one of them underrated players and you know we signed him from uh Feyenoord yeah and I, I don't think he gets enough respect because he did contribute a fair bit to our campaign especially the Champions League and it's he, sort he of forgotten. Brilliant. He was like a super sub, and he was one of those players that he would always step into the lineup. And the, the, you, you know, like I think we talk about that a little bit at Chelsea in this season is that sometimes the drop off between our first eleven and our subs, the quality isn't always there. But mm -hmm. Kalui would always come into the eleven or come off the bench, and you could always rely on him to have some kind of impact. He was a yeah, like you said, a real underrated player, and always always was able to grab a goal. He was a bit of an all rounder. Yeah, and, and what I also, it still escapes my mind now, that was his final season before he left for Lille. 
Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, he left. That it was around July. It was confirmed he was leaving, and I still think that he left like 2014-15. Yeah. Nope. He he was well gone by then, and it's like, oh, that's a bit of a shame, because um, yeah, he could he always seemed to have, have done a job. I can't remember any time he's trying to think off the top of my head when he scored. I don't think did he score in that Genk game? He did score. He got the fifth. So it was very much a consolation. He did very much a Kalu job off the bench after uh, 70 minutes, 20 minutes to to run at them and then a poacher's effort really late on. And I've just pulled it up. He scored two goals in that Champions League campaign and the other one was in the first leg of 1-0 victory over Benfica. So he's more than earned his uh, Champions League medal right there. Um, Right. You said about the cost of that kit. Let's say you had an insane one billion to one accumulator. It's coming. I mean, I suppose you're betting on Spurs to win a trophy because that has mm-hmm. similar odds to that. <laughs> now, no, I would never even do that. Take the money. <laughs> I don't want it. Essentially, <laughs> though, money's no object here. What what shirt would you buy to add to your collection? Oh, so any. Oh. Hmm. Well, it's funny because I mean, I'm sure like everybody, I regularly peruse classic football shirts to have a little look at what they've got going on there. And there's a really interesting, I don't know if anyone remembers him, Sam Dalabona. Um, yes, midfielder yes. Again, late 90s. There's a match-worn Dalabona shirt on there at the moment, which really tempts me because it's such a niche name set, um, which I love. I love those kind of niche players like that. That wouldn't be the one if I had unlimited money, though. I think if unlimited money... Oh, I would love to have. <clears throat> I would. I would love a Balak match worn. I was a huge, Ooh. huge Michael Balak fan. I, lo- I mean, obviously, favourite Chelsea player. You know, you're talking about Lampard players like that. But I just loved Michael Balak. There was something about him. I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, hundred percent. Again, just an era of Chelsea in particular. I really loved, and we were a g- really great team then. And he was a great player. And I always remember when he, he deputised for Lampard, he scored two against United back end of one year. And uh, yeah, he was great. I'd love a Balak shirt, I think. Yeah, I can't blame you. I mean, for me, I if it was money, no object, I would go for anything from Kaka Milan. I would because yeah. I, he's, he's that player that everyone knows that I fell in love with football watching. And either when he's it's got to be long sleeve has to be a long sleeve one because it's Kaka and maybe the one against when he scored that ridiculous goal against Man United when he picked the ball up and just took with it in the Champions League is that when he kind of juggled past Vidic and Ferdinand he just kind of let them run into each other almost yeah I I mean that's going to cost me it's going to cost me a fair bit I think it was the I don't think it was a home kit either I think it was a a, the white away which is a shame because I want the home kit but hey I can't be I can't be a chooser here. I can't just magically make it up. But yeah, it'd, it'd be the beauty. Or if it was Chelsea related, something Torres because he's kind of I, I, I always love Torres. And you know, again, it, I'm trying to think of iconic moments with Torres in. I would actually pick his the one against Man United, which everyone's going to go really the miss. But everyone say, forget. Yeah. Everyone talks about the miss, but they forget how good the goal he scored in that game was. Yeah. When it he was chips a, it it over was a horrible moment, mm. horrible moment that miss because you felt you felt in that game he'd maybe turned a corner and then yeah. he missed. <laughs> everyone oh, forgets the goal. That goal is one of the best I've seen. It, I, I'm not just 
bragging, it is one of the best because it's just a shame it was overshadowed by such a such an unluckiness. Unlucky, we're going with that. Um, so if listeners don't know already, you are a Chelsea fan. So for this yeah. episode, it, that's hugely beneficial. Um, the Roman Abramovich era at the club came to an end. 19 years, it's seen 81 kits been made and worn by the squad. And I'm including goalkeeping jerseys in that, but not those random special cup final kits that have the game embroidered on the middle and not kits made that weren't worn in the game. So you're thinking of the Champions League graffiti one. There's a John Terry embroidered one for his final game as well, I discovered doing research for this episode. Yeah, that I didn't, re- I did not remember that. Um, so 81 made across three brands, Umbro, Adidas and Nike. Four sponsors during that time. Now, how a sponsor looks on a shirt can make or break the aesthetics. Is it a case of the simpler the logo, the better the shirt? I think there is definitely something to be said for that. You know, ultimately, and we talk about this on Kitpod almost every week, Shirt. What makes a good shirt isn't always down purely to the design and the aesthetics of it. Mm. Sometimes it is. It can be for various different reasons that a shirt is great, and it could be success on the on the pitch. It could be an iconic moment. I mean, just talking about Torres, like we were there. I thought that 11-12 third shirt we had when he scored against Barcelona. Immediately, that is an iconic kit just for that moment. And again, with the, with the sponsors. I think what helps truly is the success the club has with those with those sponsors on the shirts. I think that's what really makes or breaks a sponsor, I think, because like you said, we've had four different sponsors in the Roman era. And I mean, I'll ask you the question because I know which one I would say, but which sponsor is the one that you least remember? Uh, Yokohama. Exactly. That, that's exactly yeah. the one I was hoping you was going to say, because we were pretty rubbish when we had Yokohama <laughs> on the on the shirts, apart from con- the Conti season, obviously. Yes, of course. But Yokohama, I just, again, it's, it is a busy sponsor, like you said, going back to how simple or elaborate a sponsor is. And it is the busiest one we've had, arguably, apart from three, maybe. But I was never a fan of the Yokohama. And you, you know why? Because I know we, we do have a bit of a kit history at Chelsea to have red detail in our shirts, but there was too much red on that sponsor for me, for our blue shirts. And, you know, Adidas did try and incorporate red into the shirts to kind of marry that up. But again, the dictator, uh, the sponsor is dictating too much of the design, I think, with that Yokohama sponsor. And again, we were so bad that last Mourinho season with that sponsor. For me, it's it's by far the, the worst of the four. And the one I, I least remember as well. I always remember think doing a bit of research and it was whenever we had red on the kit, we always sacked the manager that year. Because 2010-11, <laughs> we had that red colour. I weren't, weren't yeah. a fan of that. And that was the first time I think we started putting red in our home kit. You know, I would have I would have ended with one of those questions where it's like, can you name how many home kits we've had red on? But there was that one. There's obviously the 15-16. And I think when we had those weird lines in a couple of years ago, when it was white and red, it was Hazard's last season, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. It's been more prevalent the last couple of years to have red in the shirt. But it go, it, I mean, we, it does go back a little bit 
I think 94 with Glenn Hoddle, we had a red collar on our home shirt, shirt back uh, back in the early 90s. But I, I know there is a bit of heritage there with Chelsea shirts in the red, but I, I don't know what it is, but I just don't like it when we have red on an away shirt, red details, not a red away shirt, but red details, fine. But on the home, I just want it to be blue with white. That's what I want. I do remember when I think whatever the the lion holds, it's a, is it a staff or something? I yeah, should really yeah. remember. I'm trying to think. It's going really far back. Um, that was red. I do remember that, but that's like 70s. So mm. memories very very faded there. And then the lion was red at one point during the the 90s. I think when we had Commodore as a sponsor. Yeah, well, the, the the horrible CFC slash Millwall logo that we had for uh, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I do love the old school badge, but hey, that's we'll get to that. Um, for me though, simple all tech sponsors for me produce the best looking kit. I mean, I feel Fly Emirates had it down perfectly with their font as well, and it blended in well with our kit color. You know, Samsung has always been the majority favorite sponsor. Yet you you're wearing it today, but when I cast my mind back to their debut on our shirt, it was Samsung Mobile from mm-hmm. 05 to 08, and Maybe this is just me. I felt that the mobile portion didn't sit right. I mean, it's off to the right side of the jersey. It's not central. M- might be me being picky. Uh, it's go, go on. No, I, I was going to say, I think you're right. I think it is a bugbear that that mobile bit isn't centralised. It is just yeah. off to the right. And it does like kind of it would look ruin better. the symmetry. <laughs> but is it? Is there a Roman era jersey that for you, the sponsor didn't look right on the shirt at all? Uh, oh, well, like I said, I, I've never been a fan of those Yokohama sponsors. I, mm. I just didn't like them, for, as I've just said. But I don't know if this is going to be really unpopular, actually. But I still do not like the free. I just don't, I do not like it. I, I think, think that'll be not unpopular at all. I don't think anyone likes three. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's huge. It is absolutely huge for a sponsor. It it completely dominates our shirts, which again it, it shouldn't that shouldn't happen. You know the, the club and the, and the shirt is the most important thing. It's it's Chelsea's identity. It's what we've been for over a hundred years, and it, the badge at least should dominate the shirt. But that that free logo is so invasive, and it's uh, it's ugly. It's just it's horrible. <laughs> I mean, dependent obviously, we've listeners will know we've pre-recorded these this is probably going to be a couple of weeks old before it's uploaded but only the other day we posted a um a tweet about chelsea removing three from the sponsor section Thirteen thousand likes i have never known my phone blow up so quick <laughs> and it's like got a feeling we're not a fan of that that sponsorship for some reason we all remember the review bombing that happened on um what was uh oh trust pilot uh yeah <laughs> they're not the fan i mean i think for me the entire shirt doesn't help but the 2021 third kit aka the it faded in the wash crystal palace tribute shirt <laughs> that i mean that white three logo as well completes it perfectly in the sense of looking just odd you know and I, yeah. I just can't get to grips with it in my mind i mean i hate it it's honestly one of those kits that does to my mind what pickles do to my taste buds it's just gross but I've got a feeling it's going to become one of them cult classics in the future where people go, oh, do you remember that awful kit? Love that one. I, See, I just, it, yeah. It could, it could. I mean, it could go the way of 
again, going back to the 90s when we had that, you know, the graphite and tangerine, which was one yeah. of my favourite ever Chelsea shirts. Oh, um, dear. <laughs> which has now become a cult classic, but people didn't like mm. it at the time. But that, that third shirt, I think that is the worst Chelsea shirt of all time, that 2021 third shirt. I mean, I know it was kind of the, the, the style of that era, but you saying that, the 95, 96, we had, obviously, that we, when, when kits weren't refreshed every year, uh, we had that orange away kit, but we also had an orange goalkeeper kit. Yes, which I is exactly the one that you yeah. I, I honestly listeners just look it up it's just one of them where you look at it and go oh my mind <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know it was just it was i think of was it george campos the goalkeeper used to wear some incredible brightly colored kits when he was a keeper and striker um it, it was kind of something i can imagine him in it's, see, we had the great Dimitri Karin in that that goalkeeper kit with his with his Matalan tracksuit bottoms <laughs> and that, that fluorescent orange number. Oh, yeah, it's, um, see, I love those. The funkier, the better. They're great, but I just can't see that third shirt from the other year uh, going down the same uh, way. I don't think I'd want to wear that on a night out. It's not <laughs> gather attention very quick. I mean, if we go 180 from here, from sponsors that didn't look right to sponsors that fit perfectly, you know, I, I've got to nominate... 15, 16 away kit with Yokohama tyres. You know, we do forget yeah. that sponsor, but as an aesthetically pleasing shirt, you've got the red and blue hoop on each sleeve, along with the blue logo and, and the red Yokohama Y. It works so well, you know. And on that note, which jersey do you feel looked the best due to the sponsor? I, I Yeah, I do agree with you that 15, 16, like I said, the colours match up brilliantly with the, with the sponsor and also i'm just having a little look now yokohama to their credit it does look like they were willing to change the logo color depending on what shirt they're on which you know shows a willingness to fit in with the shirt which i don't mm. I, I i like that because not all sponsors do that there's something that samsung did really well as well they they were always happy to change the color of their logo the gold match, the gold match, yeah Oh. blue white we had all different ones orange an orange samsung logo mm -hmm. yellow so you know i like that flexibility that they, they will think about how the shirt looks and not just be pretty concrete with, with their sponsor but in terms of sponsor that just works perfectly on a shirt i think we'll have to go back to fly emirates at 0405 we had a a black and silver kit i think it was the kit we wore when we beat when we played barcelona that uh, in the away leg at um, before we beat them 4-2 at Stamford Bridge. And I, can, I think of Kesman, Arjen Robin, Damien Duff in this black shirt. And we had the Fly Emirates sponsor. And again, they, they, they made it silver to match the details of the shirt. Mm. And it's just, it looks brilliant, I think. Like you said, the font is, and the sponsor is great anyway. But to have it silver on the black and match all the other silver details, yeah, really nice. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, when I think back, I do love that that third kit from that exact mm. season. The black, blue stripe down the middle, the faded oh, I, obviously with Fly Emirates, the blue logo. Oh, oh. That year, 0405, the home is fairly basic, but I think that was Zola's last season. No, was it? It wasn't Zola's last season, was it? It was the year before or just before that. But yeah, yeah that, that that shirt, that was such an exciting time as a Chelsea fan. You know, Roman had just come in we had this huge investment of, of, of players and it was so exciting. I remember, you know, as a young, young teenager, finally Chelsea were being linked and being able to buy some of these players that United 
and Arsenal are always being linked to in previous years. And those kits, they just remind me of such an exciting time. And that third shirt that you said, the white with the stripes down the mm. middle, that is the one shirt I would love to see a manufacturer, whether that be Nike or whoever Chelsea go to next, to kind of remake that as, as a modern version of a, of a third or away shirt, because I think it's, it's so good, that third shirt. I'm happy to be correct as well. One of the most beautiful ones is obviously the season of 12-13, where it's the gold one. Now, I believe people think it's gold because of the Champions League win. It's because of the Olympics, isn't it? Am I right? I'm not sure. I don't know that, actually. I always, I was always led to believe it was because of the London Games and it was gold for that reason. I, that's, that's what I've always run with. I've always believed that. I always just assumed it was, you know, to celebrate the Champions League win. But then what we do know about kit manufacturing, that kit would have been designed and, and manufactured a long time before the Champions League. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll do, I have to keep doing some more research on it, but I'm certain it is because <laughs> of that. But shirts get remembered for all kinds of reasons. I mean, you recently discussed on your podcast about the Argentina 1986 special kit. Now, this was only ever worn once as well, and it was during the quarterfinal between England and Argentina when Diego Maradona performed his hand of God. Uh, well, his, uh, the goal. The goal. We, we have to say it's a goal because it was. <laughs> VAR, they disagree. But legend has it that the Argentine national team were not satisfied with the original heavy cotton away shirt. Therefore, Argentina went out searching for a new shirt on local markets, stumbled across that particular style, Maradona said it's perfect, and that's how it was born. Um, now, which Chelsea jerseys come to your mind when you think of that correlation between season performance and jersey? So, like, the accidentally good kits. I, I love that story about the Maradona, the Argentine shirts, by the way. I mean, recently that Maradona match-worn shirt, that very shirt sold for, was it £7 million? A lot of money. Did you buy it? Just, Is that your I, next purchase? No, yeah, well, I wish. I just, I just love that though, that those shirts would have been destined to be worn by some school kids for a school football tournament. And then all of a sudden it's in the World Cup quarterfinal. So they were literally just hanging on a, a sports shop in, in, in Mexico. Uh, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely brilliant story. I love that. But in terms of Chelsea shirts like that, again, if we're talking about shirts that have been made by an, an occasion, going back to when we were talking about Torres, that 11, 12 third shirt, I can't really remember the reception to it at the time. It's white with a yellow band and darker blue uh, strip across the shoulders and collar. And I don't think it was, you know, adored on, on release. It's certainly a different style of Chelsea shirt. But as soon as Torres scored that goal, obviously we all remember Gary Neville's commentary to knock Barcelona out and get us to the final. That shirt immediately became one of the iconic Chelsea shirts, I think, especially in the Roman era. You know, it was such a backs against the wall, almost typical Chelsea performance. You know, grit, John Terry, it, it, all the adversity we had in that game, and we we came out on top. And yeah, Torres scoring that goal at, at the New Camp in that shirt immediately made that shirt a, a go-to, I think. And it's actually a really hard one to find in in good condition yeah I, I mean i'm looking at it now and i'm i don't think i would have looked at that and gone oh that's such yeah. a that's an iconic shirt but it became iconic for an exact moment from you know gary neville the t oh, um, 
we love we love that moment. For me, Torres paid hundred million if he if he'd have cost that much back for that. Um, <laughs> now two do come to my mind for the wrong reasons, sadly. I mean, first into that infamous Hall of Shame, it's it's fifteen sixteen home kit. Strong dislike from me for this kit because what a tragedy of a season. I, I mean, mean, we. I completely agree with you. You know, I am a kit collector, as are all the other guys that we, I did a pod with. I am the only Chelsea fan, and this is shocking. This is the only Chelsea shirt of, of from about twenty years that I don't own. Wow! I can't do it. I can't I, do it. I mean, I mean, I'll be on. I'll be nice here. The fifteen sixteen away kit. Still a horrific season, but like we we talked about it positively earlier, how it works so well. That's a lovely kit. And is, the 15, yeah. 16 third shirt, I love that because I remember Pato scoring and I love Pato, you know, <laughs> having a little bit of AC Milan roots in me and everything. I will never, ever be cruel about that guy. Yeah, he got injured. That was kind of unfortunate, the story of his career. He still scored and he has decent goals per game ratio for <laughs> us. And I really hope he does well for Orlando, but... I'd have Pato on the back of that, no problem. Um, but that that we finished tenth in the league. We won twelve games that campaign. Stoke were more. I oh, mean, but but but, but we still managed to do the double over Arsenal. Is that the last time we did? Probably, <laughs> probably. Um, right. I, I mean, I'll be honest. I'm not a a collar person, and I don't do collars, and I don't do buttons. It's not my thing, and I get why people adore them and if you want to wear that particular 15-16 kit fair play I can't I, I couldn't though it was almost like weird polo shirt as well and it's just bad memories I mean the second one as well I do have a, another Hall of Shame one it's it's 0809 home kit again it has a collar so listeners are groaning going oh here we go but that's not why I promise two moments and they're both <laughs> Champions League related of course they are you know the infamous semi-final, which was a, a disgrace. And I'm having flashbacks now of Balak and Drogba with the referee again. Ugh, make mm-hmm. it stop. Painful. But it's the 08 final in the rain in Moscow. Classic marketing right there to release a kit before the last competitive game of the season. And it's going to be forever remembered for the pain in the Champions League. Pain in the yeah. rain and also pain against the team from Spain. We, we always do this thing on, on the kit pod where we ask people to suggest... Uh, things to put in kit room 101 so kit related things we don't like and that Chelsea shirt was quite prevalent in one of the the things I wanted to put in kit room 101 which is I hate when teams wear next season shirt on maybe the last game or on a showpiece final the season before because then you've got to wear a shirt like we did with that 08-09 for a whole year when you should be excited about a new season a new start but that shirt will always be remembered for that final game with the penalty miss and the Champions League loss, and immediately that shirt's ruined for the next year. Mm, yeah, and it will always be, oh, oh, and then it happened again in the semi-final. It's just, it's, 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 not, a, it's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. I mean... We get into the... the realm of Jinx shirts. I mean, there was talk yeah. that the, that shirt we had this year was a Jinx shirt because um, we'd lost a couple of finals in that shirt, and that was why, rumour has it, that was why they wore the yellow away kit for the FA Cup final. On a positive, 2011-2012, yes, the one I'm wearing. It's an easy shout for an iconic shirt. It's a home kit forever loved due to that final in Munich. And an FA Cup victory, of course. But I'll bring up 0305. 
gosh, remember that when kits were not swapped out every single season? Yes, 03 to 05. But that home kit was the one we we won our first league title in. Lampard celebrating his goal against Bolton. And there's one more that I'll throw into the ring, which I'd never do because it is it is a pure work of art and it should be framed and never just thrown around. It's 2019-2024 kit worn in just a single game, an FA Cup third round tie against uh, Nottingham Forest, newly promoted Nottingham Forest. Uh, it was brought out to commemorate 50 years from our first FA Cup win. Now, if you like ASMR videos, you're going to love this because I'll describe it. The main sponsor is blued out. The Nike tick blued out. The badge is a beautiful striking goal, an exact replica of the badge that we wore in 1970 against Leeds. I don't think kits get better than that. And as I, the, say, I, I got goosebumps when you were reading that off. Oh, then. it's it's, it's so beautiful. Joy. I cannot get hold of it. I can't get hold. Even even if I look on uh, certain websites to try and get a, a remake, I can't get it. I just can't. And it's such a shame. And as the decades pass in the era of let's fill a shirt with many sponsors as a Formula car, a Formula One car develop, um, has sponsorship spoiled the chance of any modern era jersey ever becoming iconic? Would you say like the ones of the 80s and the 90s? Um, see, I would say no, actually, because, yeah, we don't like it when sponsors are invasive. We don't like it when they take over a shirt and they look ugly. Definitely not. But like I said, you know, coming away from Chelsea slightly, some of the most iconic football shirts have a, a huge part of that is, is the sponsor. I mean, just thinking about Napoli and, of course, their famous Mars sponsor when Maradona was at Napoli. That Mars sponsor is up there is probably the best sponsor of all time I would say um so yeah it can really add add to a shirt you know in terms of design and in terms of the memories on, on the pitch but just we, we I'm looking forward to seeing what sponsors Chelsea have on their shirts next season I mean I don't know if they will be released by the time this goes out but we it would be lovely to to move on from from free for all different reasons and like I said it's just it's so ugly. I think it's we've got the 2020-21 shirt, of course. King Kai Havertz scoring against City Champions League final. That yeah. should be an iconic shirt. But for me, it's not. And it's all because of that sponsor. And I think that's such a shame for su it's such a huge moment. It will be a huge moment in Chelsea's history. And it's forever associated with that awful sponsor. <laughs> and it, it's, yeah, it is a shame. Um, I mean, Serie A is cult classic for kits and sponsors i mean everyone knows fiorentina with nintendo and if they don't remember back when i was born they had a seven up as a sponsor yeah, <laughs> um, all, yeah again all shirts completely enhanced Serie A is great for that especially in the 90s i mean you had uh motta across the ac milan shirts mm -hmm. you had pirelli at inter which was 20 years partnership is yeah it's so strange to see an inter milan shirt without pirelli on on the front and I, I think, think in those cases, those shirts are massively enhanced by the sponsors. Yeah, it's hard I to don't, see that now, maybe. I don't think Juventus have had a good run. I mean, they had New Holland Fiat Group for a bit. Then they had Bet, BetClick. Jeep was okay to a point until I think it was it was either last year or the year before where they had, was it 4x4 four four or 4x4x four or something? So, yeah, I think Jeep was a contender, actually, for one of those iconic duos between a club and a sponsor. A bit like Chelsea with Samsung. I think Jeep and Juve were getting to that point. 
then they went and slapped 4XE underneath. Yeah, it was like, what? Yeah. It, it's, I, I mean, I've seen their kit for the coming season. And I'm, I, I don't like it. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? It's just like you ran it over with, a, uh, with your car and then put electric Thor sort of lightning through the logo. I, I don't get it, but hey. See, see Adidas, uh, they, they seem to be on a crusade against solid stripes. Whichever club they have, they, they yeah. refuse to use solid stripes, which is funny because, I mean, I think Adidas were possibly Chelsea's best manufacturer. I certainly preferred them to tonight. 100%. I think mm, the majority of fans agree on that. I mean, before we, we wrap up this pod, I'm going to talk celebrity culture here. And we see more and more celebrities wearing a jersey. Usually, it's usually American sports-centric ones. But in recent years, they've swapped NFL and NBA for football, or dare I say it for American listeners, soccer jerseys. <laughs> now, they probably don't support the team of the jersey they are rocking. That's fine. Um, take, for example, Drake, who many years ago was sporting a Juventus 15-16 away shirt. Now, could he name the entire Juventus team that won the Champions League in 1996? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But it brings me to ask you this. Are we entering a new era where the shirt designers will try to design a club's jersey to appeal as a fashion statement? I think definitely. Definitely that is something that's happening. We are seeing football shirts that used to belong on the terraces and purely football fans. And that was where the focus was. I think now we are definitely seeing a move where all of these brands are becoming aware about the profitability of football shirts and the collectability of them. I mean, mm. collecting football shirts has exploded since lockdown. It's always been an undercurrent, but I think it's way more mainstream now. And that is reflected as well in a lot of the new designs for shirts. We're seeing so many fashion collaborations with brands. I mean, you had uh, Pharrell Williams uh, two years ago. He did his collaboration with Adidas and his fashion brand, Human Race. And he brought out special one-off kits for uh, Bayern, Arsenal, Man United, Juventus. Um, some of those were worn in games, like the the Juventus one, which they lost. So uh, that kind of <laughs> ruined a little bit the appeal of that shirt. But um, it's something we're seeing a, a lot more is these fashion houses coming in to football, collaborating with the the sports manufacturers and creating one-off jerseys or or special. I mean, we saw we saw back end of this season just gone again is something we spoke about on, on kit pod we're now seeing full shirts released full shirts are nothing new they've, they've been around for a long time but full shirts are now being released with only three games to go as juventus did and they're partnering up with fashion houses and calling it a limited edition one-off shirt to try and add profitability to the to the shirt and, and increase sales but it, it 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 does become a bit dangerous when you're thinking is it a good thing to release a shirt with three games left of the season that will only be worn once and will be sold, you know, for over a hundred pounds. It, mm. it, it, it does ask that question of, is it a good thing? I, I mean, Nap Napoli, had, Napoli had about 352 kits recently, didn't they? <laughs> yes. I love their black spiderweb one. That was beautiful. The Halloween edition, but yeah. they had so many kits. That I think... I, <laughs> It was definitely over 15. They got That's they just... have over 15 shirts this season, definitely. <laughs> oh, I think well. it could be more than that. I mean, saying about fashion, Japanese designer Yoji Yamamoto worked with mm -hmm. Turner and Adidas on a Real Madrid away shirt in 2014, which is, for listeners, that's the black one with a dragon and a bird in the background. 
And that will set you back in the region of £200 or more if you're lucky enough to find one. Um, Kendall Jenner and Gigi Hadid wore PSG shirts and we saw PSG shirt sales just go through the roof as if they just completed a major new signing like when they signed Messi. Um, more shirt sales obviously means more exposure to a brand or a label, which also brings in new fans on board who may may purchase other club merch because that's kind of how it how it is, you know, at the entry point. We know that the era of parents taking their children to a game and becoming fans of the same team is being replaced by young fans choosing a club based on how good someone is on FIFA or who their favourite player is playing for. I think Kylian Mbappe was one of these that I think that's kind of as much as the PSG deal sounds insane. Um, people know of Mbappe, they want to follow Mbappe, so they naturally follow PSG. I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility that new fans could be influenced on their club choice based on perhaps what their favourite musician chose to wear. I don't know, what, what do you think on that? I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a possibility. Like you said, it, the P PSG are a club that are really good at doing this, and that, and that sounds cynical, like I'm saying they do this on purpose. But they, they possibly do. It's a great marketing tactic, isn't it? Because, like you said, there's traditional advertising uh, routes are being overtaken by this exposure, like influence culture, influencer culture. Mm. And yeah, if you see one of the Jenners or the Kardashians or, a, you know, a Hadid in a PSG shirt, you're going to have people that are not necessarily into football see that and, and think, that looks great. That looks really yeah. cool. It's becoming a fashion statement. And then they will go and pick, look to pick one of those shirts up. I do wonder if Ed Sheeran probably increased the Ipswich Town fan base when he started sponsoring. And he was named in the squad as well. See, <laughs> I think that could turn there. people off. <laughs> it just didn't make... I love that. I was like, he's sponsoring them. Fair enough. And then it was, he's been named in the team and been given the number 17 shirt. What, why? Why? What? The question I have, if Chelsea were to do one of these link-ups and we were to have... Uh, you know, a celebrity of some kind to, to be pictured in in next season's shirt. Who would you Who would you quite like? Oh, I'm. I mean, we do have some really interesting fans. I mean, we've got Will Ferrell. I remember him being a Chelsea fan. Uh, we had recently Lord Coe, because obviously with the beard. I know Nigella Lawson's on that list as well. She has been seen at some games. That'd be awesome. You're like, so you're have a, like a cookbook. Lots of fantasies there. <laughs> yeah, because you could have a cookbook, Chelsea themed cookbook. I mean, that brings another passion of mine together: cooking and football. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Oh, yeah, I would be not be that at outstanding. But I can't. Obviously, oh, oh, yes, I've just remembered one: Matthew McConaughey. Ah, oh, yeah, I'd yeah, we all, <laughs> yeah. I was so happy when I saw saw he was on the <laughs> list. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think because of our new owners, I'd probably see more. We'll probably see more American celebrities. Definitely. Yeah. The, the, I, I, it, the name escapes me, which is shocking. But uh, Ted Bowley, he's what's his um, NFL team? Uh, he yeah. owns a baseball franchise, the LA the Dodgers. Baseball, sorry, baseball. The Dodgers. So we'll probably see lots of baseball players link ups. See, that might be quite cool. Imagine a Chelsea baseball style shirt. I don't know if you remember the Eden Hazard NFL collaboration we did. Yes, I do remember. I, I yeah, can't find that either. That's another one. I just, it's gone. Can't find it anywhere. 
because uh, Dortmund's Borussia Dortmund, they did a great um, selection of shirts last season that were in a baseball jersey style, and they looked brilliant. So, so yeah, maybe something like that for Chelsea. Oh wow! I've really just cool. I've just had a quick Google. Yeah, they look really good actually. They're really nice, aren't they? They are. Actually, oh, wow! But this really again, it speaks of that trend where f- football as a culture is definitely transcending its market. It's, it's no longer just on the terraces. That the, mm. Fashion and football is something that we're going to see more and more of. Yeah. And just quickly on that, it was something that I mentioned on Twitter recently. And going back to shirts that just worked for Chelsea, the 1920 away shirt we had, that white with the the polo collar, and it was it was said at the time Chelsea when they released it that it spoke about 1960s mod culture at, mm. on the King's Road, and I love that shirt. It's like a Fred Perry. It's beautiful. You could you could wear it, and it's almost not even a football shirt. And again, moment on the pitch, I love it. It was peak Lampard era. We had Tammy Abraham, Fikayo Tamori, Mason Mount, all in that mm. shirt celebrating in the corner. I think at Molyneux, and I just love that shirt. I love that moment. It, it's a, it's one of the very best of the modern shirts. I think. Before I go on to the final point, uh, there's one shirt I have seen recently released, and it's for the Women's Euros, and it's the France home kit. That is just, I love the pattern. I love the design yeah. on it. Absolutely amazing. It really is. And that's another, how design has implemented onto shirts. It's just, it, I do enjoy, I can see modern classics, but national team shirts usually become classic. They're more easier to become classic because they don't have sponsors on. That's... We spoke about these, the women's Euro shirts on the, on the very latest kit pop we did. And we all said that it seems that brands like to take a few more risks with women's national shirts than they do with the men's. And I don't know if that's because the men's shirts are wrapped up in a bit more tradition, maybe. So they have to play it quite safe. But the women's shirts, they always really push the boundaries with their design. And that France shirt, yeah, it's got a... Again, it's so busy. It's a huge pattern all, all through the shirt. But it just looks great. Like you said, it looks great. It, it's, a, it's a brilliant shirt. And like with England, so the Lionesses, their shirt, the home shirt, is, again, it has a really unique bespoke pattern that mm. Nike have given them. And they've given them an iridescent badge, which has wow. never been seen on an England shirt before. Oh, wow. It's a first. Well, we started the show how you guys do it at Kit Mag, and that's how we're going to end it with the football kit room 101. So, what is something about the Chelsea kits of of all time, mate? We'll stick with the Roman era that you would love to put in that vault. Well, I have a couple of suggestions. I've moaned about it enough, but definitely the free sponsor. But I won't. I won't put that in because <laughs> I've covered that enough. You'll win listeners <laughs> over on our show with that. Um. Do you know what? Going back to when we spoke about that goalkeeper shirt in the 90s, I'd really love Chelsea to go back to those crazy goalkeeper shirt designs because they're overlooked. Goalkeeper shirts nowadays, they just seem to be a matte colour, green, grey, black, whatever it may be. And it's normally a fairly dull shirt. I would love to see Chelsea go back to crazy 90s goalkeeper designs because, let's be honest, if there's a goalkeeper that deserves a bespoke shirt, it's Edouard Mendy, because oh, he has yeah. been fantastic. And he has almost made the last couple of goalkeeper shirts we've had collectible because he's so damn good. But I'd love to see him get, you know, the Campos treatment and have his own style shirt. Something like that would be great. I mean, for me, 
I, I hope we never get to do what I think it was Tromso did it uh, recently, a QR code kit. I was like, oh no, 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 no. I don't want us to start doing that. <laughs> I think, oh, if I'm honest, let's have a think. I don't want to just go too quick on it. I've got to, you know, take my time. I'd say, can we just have at least maybe one of the three kits that we release a year be carried on for more than just one season? Because, yeah. you know, we, we Brentford are doing that, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, we all say about cost of living and it is real. And But we all of our our personal, enjoy, well, our hobbies and our passions and side projects. And football is one. And we will go and buy a new jersey. We always do. And they cost so much. They're not £30 anymore, 40 They're like 100 plus. And then there's obviously the, the, the stadium or the match worn. And it's which one do you get? It'd be nice if we at least kept one of the three kits for more than a season. I'm not saying two, three, six, just two would be enough. Yeah, I, I think I'd that's love a that. really good shout. I think, like you said, Brentford, it's really admirable that they've done that. Mm. And also just environmental reasons. I think, like you said, bringing these shirts out every year, a whole four shirts plus a goalkeeper shirt every year. Yeah. I do feel for people, you know, when I was a little kid, I'd always go to Stamford Bridge and plead my dad to, to buy my, buy me a shirt, you know, and like you said, they're now £100 upwards. It, it is getting crazy and I can't see that trend ending anytime soon in terms of price rises. So, yeah, completely yeah. agree. I think looking back through our history, I think we stopped keeping a shirt for more than one season it was about 07. That's when it sort of dropped and we started doing it every single season because there was always one kit in our little section for that year, whether it was the third or even the goalkeeping kit. There was always one that was mm. kept. And then after then, it was just every single season. And yeah, they, they, they're not cheap. They're, <laughs> they're certainly not cheap. Um, with that, we, we have come to the end of another episode of At The Bridge Pod. And I just want to say a huge thank you to you, Tom, because it's been, it's been a true pleasure and enjoyable, enjoyable chat. Um, let our listeners know what you've got going on and where they can find you. No, thank you so much for having me. It's, it's been really nice. Like I said, I'm, a, I'm part of a Kit Magazine, which you can find on Twitter and Instagram. We are a written publication. We're currently working on volume four, and it's all about the world of football kits written by all sorts of different collectors about all sorts of different things. Uh, we've had Chelsea articles in there. We've had lots of other different ones. And we also do a weekly podcast, which you can find on Spotify and elsewhere, which is just called Kit Pod. Um, like I said, it'd be great if you could check it out. I am the resident Chelsea fan over there. So it's been great today to finally geek out and let all the, the, the blue stuff run free. It, it, it is a really good, honestly, listeners. I'm not just saying it because Tom's here and he hasn't paid me to say this. It is a good show. I've, I've enjoyed listening to it. And they're, they're, only, they're only a few episodes in. They've got to, just over 20 at the moment. There's probably a lot more when before this has come out, but they're not quite at 200 like we are. <laughs> little, little innocent plug, but it's, um, it's such a lovely, just a great show, and it's got such a great concept with the shirts. And if you're into football shirts or anything, like it's, it's just worth a listen. It really is, because it could easily become in your rotation for your new weekly podcast that you listen to. So... As always, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram if you do not already follow us and just search at, at the bridge pod. So till next time, that is us signing off.